0: Jumped up the stage, yeah, I'm not sure about the super fit. (laughs) Okay, um, just while we're waiting for a few people to come back, uh, David, I hope you got a song keyed up for us. So, can't beat a bit of Third Day. So, um, sit back and enjoy a bit of Third Day. It is relevant, I promise.
1: say That I give you, and I promise that we'll do.
0: Um am not surprised he's here. I'm a Radio 2 listener. I know, 25 is young to start listening to Radio 2. And um don't what that was. Um, on the way home, uh, Simon Mayer has a phone in. Um, we, up on- we up on screen, Robert? Perfect. Uh, and he gets people to ring in. And he has it, what's called a three word Tuesday, or a three word Wednesday, or a three word Thursday. And people ring in and summarize their day or what's important to them in three words, like, decorating's done, hooray, or curry for tea, work again tomorrow, things like that, and today, I want to talk about three little words, let me read a little bit for you, hopefully, uh, the technology will all work today, if not, then I'm going to have to rely on Robert. Afterline Robert, that's okay. If you could flip it on Robert that'd be great. Mark one verses nine to eleven says uh, so can, says one day Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee, and he was baptized by John in the Jordan River, and when Jesus came up out of the water, he saw the heavens split open and the Holy Spirit descending upon him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven saying, you are my son whom I love, with you I am well pleased. And that's where we're going today, it's those three words that I want to make sure that we hear and understand and believe that God is saying to us today, I love you. Quite a simple little thing, very simple message. And it may be just for me, but I'm just believing that some people really need to hear and believe and understand, I love you from the Father. Okay, the boss, I've got one boss sat over there, who's now frowning at me. The boss, Bruce Springsteen, I kind of like his music, I like to listen to that a little bit. He sold over 120 million albums worldwide, he's been playing for 40 years, He's uh, one of the artists that's played the Super Bowl halftime time show, which is quite a, a coup uh, for music. Um, all accounts, is a very, very successful performer. Most artists, if you go and see them in concert, they'll give you 90 minutes if you're lucky. Springsteen will give you a minimum of three hours every night. Good value for money as an accountant, I believe in that as well. He seems to be really successful, uh, but he's recently published his autobiography. Um, and he talks about his father, Doug, in that, who uh, was a factory worker, and it says he often sat at the table in the darkened kitchen, drank beers and smoked cigarettes in silence after work, rarely engaged with the family, and when he did, his bitterness would spring, would bubble over into verbal abuse. And Springsteen writes, he says, when my dad looked at me, he didn't see what he needed to see. That was my crime. That's what he thinks. When my dad looked at me, he didn't see what he needed to see. That was my crime. And many think that's the reason he plays for so long and he gives so much into every performance. What he's looking for is a little bit of adulation, a little bit of acceptance from the crowd around him because he never got it. He never heard his dad say the words, I love you to him in his lifetime. Somebody else I admire? David Beckham a few different hairstyles there, not sure I admire his hairstyles. Long career at the top of the game, played for some of the greatest clubs, Man United, uh, Real Madrid, AC Milan, PSG, uh, even LA Galaxy. 115 times he played for England, he's the third most capped player for England ever. And his work ethic was great, they'd have the training sessions and he would spend two to three hours after every training session just hitting the ball from free kicks or from devil situations, just practising and practising. And practicing. And who remembers that? Okay, 1998, England against Argentina, second round of the uh, the World Cup. Argentina were favourites. It's two-all at half time. Two dodgy penalties, a Michael Owen wonder goal, uh, and an excellent free kick on the stroke at half time. Um, early in the second half, Beckham gets fouled, pushed over. He's alone on the ground, and he kicks his, his leg up at the guy who pushed him over, who, uh, in true style, falls to the ground in a heap. Um, Beckham gets sent off. England changed their style. Uh, hold out throughout half time, and surprisingly for England, lose on penalties. It's never happened before, except every time. Uh, he was slammed by the media in the UK. His manager publicly criticised him. Um, there was an effigy of him hung outside a pub in London. The Sun headline the next day says, 10 heroic lions and one stupid boy. Um, and I think for a while, he was possibly the most unpopular man in Britain. And that could have been a make or break situation for him. That could have defined him forever. And I was watching a program recently about uh, him and a few of his uh, his Man United teammates, a class of 92. And he described how they got back to Uh, England the day after the game and he saw his dad and he said he fell into his arms and he sobbed like he hadn't done for years. His dad's reaction was to love him unconditionally, open up his arms and allow him just to cry. And I think that became a defining moment. He went on to play for his country another 95 times, including 59 times as captain. Uh, one of the greatest players that England have, have had. And my question is, what's our experience of our f- Father? Because sometimes that can cloud how we relate to God and our Heavenly Father. Maybe your dad is like Springsteens and distant. Maybe it was like Beckhams with unconditional love. I don't know. I'm one of the very fortunate ones, even though us fishermen are kind of like, don't do motion? Don't need to do motion. Very reserved. I know what it's like to have my dad say, I love you. And it's a really powerful thing. And it's something I've learned to make sure I say to my kids every day. Usually it's one of the last things we say at night. So they go to sleep knowing that they're loved and accepted. But whatever your experience of your your earthly father, I want to help you here today to hear God saying those three little words to you. I love you. Okay, that's where we're going. So, audience participation, make sure we're still awake. Okay. If I asked you, how do you show love to other people? What would some people think about how we can show love to other people? Affection? Yep. Do the housework. Very good. Well, uh, Andrew? What's that? Doing a good deed? Yep. Yeah, very good. Okay. Giving them a cuddle? Very good. Is that listening? Very good. Excellent. Okay. Is that sorry? Time. time. Have I been taking too long already? Annie Jack can Sandy, yes. Giving them some time. Excellent. Okay. And if we wanted to give love to God, how can we give love or demonstrate? Praise. Okay. Give time again. Excellent. I thought of obedience for that one as well. I think you can categorize it. Oops, maybe a couple of slides behind. Words and actions. There's two ways that we can show affection through words and actions. Jesus at baptism time, it's the words I read at the start. Right at the start of Jesus' ministry, he goes into the waters of baptism in the Jordan, comes up out, and the thing that he hears right at the start. You are my son, whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. Now, I don't it Eve. I think that's a pretty good way to start your ministry. To come up out of the water and hear your heavenly Father saying, "I love you. I'm dead pleased with you. I think you're amazing." I think that would give me enough of a buzz to go off and to and to make a difference. And for those of us that are parents or work with children in schools or something like that, we get to see firsthand how what we say. Can either make or break a child. I know from personal experience, when I get it wrong with my kids, you can see in their faces that I've got it badly wrong. They're either, they're, they'll just look down, they'll look sad, and it goes badly wrong. But when I get it right, and I say affirming words to them, the right things, then the smiles are there, there's happiness. Uh, I think there's a bit about. I remember a sermon years ago about our our countenance being uplifted, about having our faces shining brightly. And that's the power that we've got with our words, that we can say, we can either make or break somebody with it. And we need to know God wants us to know today that He's not like Springsteen's dad, who will never talk to you and say he loves you and sees the wrong person. He's like Beckham's dad. His arms are open wide, no matter what. And there's a few other bits in the Bible there. I've just put a few up uh, about um, Jesus or God saying, I love you. John fifteen nine 9, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. That's Jesus talking to his disciples, but we're his disciples. So that's Jesus saying, as God has loved me, so I am loving you. And there's some other ones from the, the Old Testament, Malachi 1, 2. I have always loved you, says the Lord. I think that's quite a nice one. I have always loved you. You know what? Sometimes being told once is never enough. We're leaky vessels sometimes. Uh, And even Jesus needed to have that reaffirmed to him. If you look in Mark 9, uh, the story of the transfiguration, he was up on the mountain with Peter and James and John, and suddenly Elijah and Moses were there as well. And a cloud came down and the voice was heard again this is my son whom I love listen to him So, if Jesus needs to hear it then I think we probably need to hear it too so that's one way of showing uh, love by speaking out words uh, the other way actions, And I say actions speak louder than words, Romans 8 verse 5 is up there on the screen God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners, uh, John three sixteen is very similar as well. Um, God sent His Son to save the, uh, sent His Son that whoever, uh, you know what John three sixteen says. <laughs> if you think back to the third day song we played at the start, Jesus never climbed the highest mountain for us, but He did walk the hill of Calvary. Why did He do it? just to be with you, just to be with me, just to be with us. To demonstrate his love for us, because he's crazy about us. He absolutely loves us. um, A couple of weeks ago, uh, about this time, I was finishing my first ever 10K in Glasgow, um, which I was quite pleased about. And at the end of the 10K, you get a little goodie bag and inside's a t-shirt, which if I breathe in, fits me. Uh, and a medal, which uh, which, which I like. Um, but I, before I could get that, I had to do the 10K. I couldn't just go up to them at the start and say, look, give us a goodie bag, give us a t-shirt, give us a medal, I promise I'm going to run it, okay? I promise you. I had to actually do the race first. And at work, we've got a... Um, a bonus scheme at work uh, for for most of the guys at work which is based on uh, performance, completing certain tasks so regardless of how the company does, if you complete the task that you've been assigned there's a bonus, but you can't get it at the start of the year and say look if you give me the bonus now I promise I'll do the task, don't worry honestly I'll do it you have to wait until afterwards, but God's not like that, God does it the other way around He sent Christ to die for us while we were still sinners so, he doesn't wait until we've done what we're supposed to do. He doesn't wait until everything's done. While we were still sinners, while we were distant from him, while we were against him rather than for him, that's when he sent Jesus to die for us. Because he loves us. Because he loves you and he loves me. And because he's crazy about us. John 15:13 says, "Greater love has no greater love has no man. No, sorry, I'm going to get right. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. God loved us enough to send His Son Jesus, and Jesus loved us enough to go through with everything. Let's not forget, Jesus was fully human. He knew emotion. He knew pain. He knew all those things." And yet he still loved us enough to go through with the death on the cross. When the soldiers came to Gethsemane to arrest him, Peter, you've got to love Peter, draws out his sword, slashes around a little bit, cuts off an ear. And Peter's like, just calm it. Says Jesus said, I could, if I wanted, call 12 legions of angels and they would come and rescue me but he didn't because he knew he had to go through with what God wanted as part of obedience. He knew that wouldn't have been the solution. On the cross, as he's hanging there, the leading priests mocking him, come down now and we'll believe in you they say and you know what he could have done, he could have got down in an instant, it would have been nothing for him and you know what some of them may have believed but it wasn't God's plan. It wasn't what he'd been told to do. He had to love through obedience. And so he didn't. He stayed on the cross. He died on the cross for every single one of us because he loves us. Because he's crazy about every single one of us. One of my favorite stories um, in the Bible is the prodigal son. And you can see it in Luke 15, 11 32. You know the story. Her father has two sons older one, and the younger one, the younger one says basically uh, don't want to wait until you die, give him my stuff now uh, I want to enjoy myself while I'm still young. Breaks the father's heart but he does it, divides up half of everything he has, gives it to the younger son who disappears, vanishes into a foreign country until all his money's gone suddenly his friends disappear, he's left with nothing ends up eating pig food doesn't sound so great to me, realizes he's made a bit of a mistake and decides to come back. And the bit of love is in verse 20, where it says, while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him and kissed him. And I just think, was the father lucky that day was the day that he'd been gone, looking to see if his son was coming home. Did he get lucky that day? I don't think he did. I think every day, his father was up there looking out. Is today the day my boy comes home? Is it today he's coming home? I'm ready. My arms are ready. Is it today he's coming home? At the end of the day, he'd slink back. It wasn't today. Next day. Is it today? It's going to be today. It's going to be today, isn't it? Today's the day my boy's coming home. But he wasn't that day. And it was many, many days. But you know what? He never gave up. And our father's like that. He doesn't give up. It doesn't matter how many days it takes us to come to him. When we do, he's going to come running. And you see, he didn't stand on the top of the hill waiting. So I can see my son in the distance. Excellent. Great. I'm ready. Come on in. not he come. He didn't. He says, filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son embraced him and kissed him when we come to God he's filled with love and compassion for us all because he loves us because he's crazy about us and he runs to us he comes running to us we take the first step he takes many more steps than we do because he loves us because he's crazy about us there's a story as well of um, the woman who'd been bleeding for 12 years Society had shunned her. She was considered unclean and no one would want to go near her. In Mark 5, Jesus demonstrates his love for her by healing her. Suddenly, she gets her life back. She'd spent all her money trying to get well, she had nothing left. In an instant, he demonstrated his love for her by healing her. The woman caught in adultery. Society demanded that she should be killed the leading people brought her to Jesus trying to trick him. What should we do? But Jesus didn't condemn her. Society wanted to kill her. He showed love and mercy. Didn't say you shouldn't, he said, didn't say you don't stone her, he said, but let the one who is without sin throw the first stone. Those simple words demonstrated his love for this girl. Love and mercy in not condemning And it's the same for us today. Jesus has great love and mercy for us today. But there's more to the words, I love you, than just feeling a little bit of love. Luke 12, verses 6 and 7 say, what is the price of five sparrows? Is it two copper coins? Yet God does not forget a single one of them. And the very hairs on your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid, you are more valuable to God than a whole flock of sparrows. Hear this. You are more valuable to God than a whole flock of sparrows. Whole flock of sparrows. You are valuable to God. God made the heavens and the earth. God can do whatever he wants. I am valuable to God. You guys are valuable to God. God loves us and is crazy about us. So when he says I love you, he doesn't just mean I love you. He means I accept you. I've chosen you. You're significant. I've got a purpose for you. I'm with you. I've made you the way I want you to be I've got a calling for you I'm jealous for you you are good enough when Jesus says I love you it's every one of those things that's what he's saying to each and every one of us St Augustine said God loves each of us as if there were only one of us God loves each of us as if there are only one. of us. there's nobody else in the world, God will pour all his love into you. There are loads of other people in the world, and yet God pours all his love just into you and just into me because he loves us and because he's crazy about us. Okay. I'm going to play you a song in a minute. If I get the band to come back up and... Uh, if you're available. A song that most of you will recognise last, um, I'm sure. Uh, I know last week Alan said he likes to find out what goes on, what's the meaning behind songs. Um, and I'm a bit like that as well. And uh, the song was written by a guy called John Mark McMillan, And uh, it's in response to his best friend, one of his best friends, being killed in a car crash. And... Uh, He describes how he was angry and upset and he said he needed to have a conversation with God to deal with it and a song kind of came out of that. And he says these words, he says, in my anger, in my frustration, in my resentment, he could still love me through that. He says this song is a celebration of a God who wants to be with us through these things who'd want to be part of our lives through those things despite who we are. He'd want to be part of us and our community and our family. He realized that no matter what his feelings, God's love was bigger than that. God's love shone through everything no matter what was going on in his world around him. God's love shone through everything. So we're going to listen to the song and then the band's going to going to play as well and I just encourage you as you listen to the words I'm sure most of you will know it anyway just allow God to speak those words to you today I love you I accept you I have chosen you you're valuable you're significant you're important you are who I want you to be just let God speak to you okay are we ready to go at the back cool